You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson. I also have Jared Davis. I have him back. Last week we had Ben King stepping in for Jared. But Jared, it's good to have you back. How you doing? I am doing good. Unfortunately for the fans, they don't get Ben again. They get stuck with me. But uh, <laughs> it's it's good to be back. Uh, glad Ben was able to jump in and uh, y'all were able to, to knock that out. And uh, War Eagle. Yeah, let's let's get into this Iron Bowl preview a little or review a little bit. I wish it was the preview. Can we because... preview again? Let's go back. <laughs> let's let's like uh, miss the Men in Black and just look into the thing and forget what happened. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it is 2020, and I, I yeah. love this. I'm going to start out with this because I think it's a perfect way if you want to like spin this a little bit. I saw this tweet from D Ford, not the footballer, but the British, the, the cool, D-Ford. the cool, yeah, the cool British D Ford, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she said, uh, and then her tweet, she said, we're okay after December 31st. We're never discussing this year again. So anything that happens didn't actually happen anyway. Uh, I think it's just a like fun it. chuckle. I mean, obviously we'll still remember this, but yeah, this is a this is a tough one. And I, I, I've pinpointed a few things and we'll get into some of the things that we think um, were the issue. Um, Jared, Give me something that you, you that kind of stood out to you this game as to why we really struggled. Um. Oh man, there's so many things. I, I I would say the two biggies are I think we were conservative on the offensive side and defensively I think we took some really bad reads. I think our safeties. Uh, I hate pinpointing one group, but our safeties. I mean, I I can I can almost watch film and easily put 21 points on them taking just a bad angle. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, you know, what led up to that. Um, they've been so good all year on the defensive side in the secondary. So, but yeah, I would say conservative play calling and, and taking some bad angles on some really good players. Yeah. Uh, which is not a good, not a good combination. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the conservative play calling because that one started to eat at us. I feel like pretty quickly uh, when we didn't take the long ball shots that we, we tend to take, um, or I'm trying to think of this, uh, we, I don't know, even not even going forward on fourth downs. Um, I know some of them were longer, but you're not going to win against Bama when you're uh, going up against a, a big name like Bama that can put up tons of points uh, and you're just putting up field goals. It's just not going to happen. So sometimes I feel like you got to risk it and go for the, the touchdown. Um, you got to get that first down first, but that's the part where I think it's a little bit on the coaching to make that decision uh, to go for it. Even if it's like a fourth and five or fourth and six, go for it. See what happens. I mean, you're not going to, I mean, there were multiple times where we had chances to make a fourth down conversion 
and we didn't. We would turn, you know, punt the ball, and then Bama three plays later would score a touchdown. It, the same thing probably could have happened if we had just gone for it. Um, I know hindsight's twenty twenty in that kind of situation, but I feel like you have to play a little bit more aggressive when you know the other team's going to get yards and get touchdowns. Yeah, I think situational calling too bothered me a little bit. I mean, we there was when we got our field goal, it was third and three. Tank comes off the field, and we throw an out uh, pass that was thrown too late and, and not completed. So now it's fourth and three, so we kick a field goal. To me, with Tank, and I know he wasn't one hundred percent, but with Tank, third and three, line up, run it again. I mean, I, you're, you're probably gonna get the first down with him, but if you don't, you might be looking at fourth and one. Then you can decide to go for it. So situational stuff like that, that led to a field goal. Um, and to be honest with you, too, I, and it's testament to Kevin Steele what he's done. I think Gus still thinks Kevin Steele is going to bail him out, and we just don't have the horses on, not on the defensive front, to do that this year. So um, we should have we should have realized that, been a little more aggressive, knowing that the defense, the best you can hope for is they hold them to 40. I mean, that's in my mind, that was the best that you could hope for. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was thinking if we kept him under 30, but in reality, uh, even in Bama's first game against Missouri, they put up 38, and that's their lowest scoring game yet. So, yeah, you you got to just think, we got to put up at least 40 to make it uh, even close because Bama's going to put it up at that many, if not more. Um, so that's where I think the conservative play calling early on really puts you in a hole, and we didn't really come out of it until later in the game and even to some extent i don't feel like we we still played pretty conservative and i see this is where i'm I'm starting to think where we've talked about even some uh bow necks you know balancing that playmaker versus you know like a just a conservative like game manager kind of position like where do you find that balance for him and they were definitely uh, kind of pushing it towards we need to you know, give him easy reads and do this kind of stuff. And that just was not working. Uh, Bama was just teeing off on us and not allowing us to move down the field. Um, I mean, and that that's, again, I think that's kind of on coaching a little bit. You, you kind of go in thinking, all right, we need to settle Bo down. Uh, but he was overthrowing guys. And at some point, you just need to tell him, calm down focus on on certain passes i mean he started to nail a couple of them like the one that should have been a touchdown with seth Williams, but that that's that's one of those just like heartbreaker this is not going auburn's way um and you kind of saw the writing on the the wall pretty quickly uh when things like that were just not falling in auburn's hands yeah when you're on the road playing a team like that you gotta be almost perfect and we were nowhere near that and catching the, I mean, Seth, Seth has done so many good things for Auburn and Seth's probably bailed Bo out a couple of times. Uh, but Seth, Seth should have caught that. I mean, anybody on the team should have caught that pass and he would probably be the first to tell you that. So, um, you know, that one, honestly, uh, we can talk about play calling and I have, but Chad dialed up two plays that probably should have been touchdowns. And that was the Seth play. And then to me, the Shedrick Jackson, when I just, probably messed up his name with my tongue tied here <laughs> jackson though he was running that that seam route Bo throws it behind him so shedrick has to twist to catch it loses his speed momentum otherwise he's probably going to the house so yeah you know i mean that's 14 points right there that um a catch by seth a better pass by Bo to jackson and um you know uh, i i it probably still doesn't matter 
Um, a lot and a loss is a loss, but you want to see improvement, and I just don't think we saw any yesterday. Yeah, definitely not offensively. I mean, at, at the beginning, I mean, I heard people comparing: is this the same offense that we saw against Georgia? And at some points, I was thinking it looked very similar um, against a very good defense. Auburn's offense was really struggling, and uh, I think a part of that was just we didn't have Tank be a hundred percent, which you, know, you can't really help that all that much. But when you get in the second and third and even fourth stringers in there, we're not still able to establish that run game, which it's proven time and time again. Once we get that run game going, it pretty much opens up our offense and allows us to march down the field. And uh, we really didn't get even the run game going until way too late in the fourth quarter. And if you're doing that, you're pretty much it's done. Um, So, but a bright spot, let's talk about some bright spots here. Um, I alluded to it about the running back situation. We did go to Mark Antony Richards and it was good to see him. Uh, I think coming into the season, I was thinking he, he'd kind of make it into that first three rotation for running backs, but he's kind of been on the outskirts getting very few, uh, few runs, but this, this game, he finally, got a significant amount of carries. He got 14 carries for 57 yards, an average of 4.1 yards a carry. And that's the kind of production that we want to see, um, especially with Tank probably only being about 70 80% um, after getting injured last game. So I, I love to watch him play, um, and he seemed to have some explosiveness uh, that we have been craving um, in the running back position. Yeah, I was pleased with uh... – Mark Anthony, I haven't been somebody that's been like, why is he not playing? Because, I mean, Tank's just so good, and it really didn't matter. Um, Chivers is not bad, uh, and he'll have a picture that'll live in infamy with taking off the (laughs) helmet, you know, in 2019. But with Mark Anthony in there, I mean, he was making plays that you just can't seem to coach. I mean, he would – there was a play where a a Bama player went to tackle him, and he shifted his body just so to where the blow wasn't hard enough to knock him off his feet. And so he got another four yards. And it was a couple of plays like that when you watched it, and you're like, that guy's he, – he gets it. So I don't know why he hasn't been playing. I know he's been injured a little bit. Maybe he hadn't picked up the blocking schemes. But at this point, the way he ran, I would be surprised if we don't start, you know, seeing him getting a, a, at least five carries a game in, in meaningful time, honestly. Yeah, that would be great to see him in more meaningful time besides just really third and fourth quarter, which is when we saw him. Uh, and and I don't think that Bama was necessarily throwing in their second full string, uh, full second stringers. I think there was definitely still some first stringers in there, and he was making guys miss, pushing piles. I mean, doing the things that you want a a you know a high level SEC running back to do. So um, definitely a bright spot there. Um, what do you think about our, our wide receivers and kind of how they? They did this game. Obviously, we talked about Seth Williams and missing a catch. I think there was another drop pass that uh, Shedrick Jackson had, even though I think it was a free play. It's still like, why? Why? It would have been a first down, though. Yeah, it would have been a first down. It would have been a a 10 yard. Yep. It would have been a 10 yard play first down. Yep. Yep. And, I mean, what do you kind of make of our wide receivers and where they're at? And a lot of times it, it seemed like Bama was able to shut down our receivers um, and kind of get in, get them a little frustrated. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it, I, it's just, it was, nothing went right. So it was hard for me to just strictly focus on the receivers. But I will say there were a few 
there were a few of those third and four out routes to Schwartz or somebody else that we have been connecting on to keep drives alive in the last two game weeks, and we did not connect. The timing was off. I mean, Bo was either throwing too late or the receiver was running too too long of a route. It wasn't there. It was off. Um, and, yeah, the Shedrick play, I don't know what that drive turned out to be, but, it yeah, I mean, five yards is nice, but, I mean, it would have been 10 and a, and a momentum builder. I mean, all yep. that stuff's momentum building. So, um, the receivers didn't even Seth not catching that ball probably didn't cost us the game, but you gotta have somebody step up and make a play, and somebody as good as Seth, you just assume it's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, and he had just made a great catch on the sideline and like fought off four dudes. Um, maybe he was tired. I don't know because he literally had just caught the pass before that, but he did not look that ball in, and um, uh, that that would have been nice. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Obviously, we're we're kind of just hitting on those little drop passes. Uh, Seth Williams still, I mean, even though he didn't have his best day ever, he, he still had a few catches, but uh, they were able to shut him down for the most part. And well, one uh, of their only DBs, have seventeen yards. One of their DBs caught Seth before he had a chance to catch the ball, and apparently that's not pass interference. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're, and, I, I, I mean, he was draped on the dude and then pulling his shirt when he got separation and uh yeah no flag i mean that's i guess that's how you play d now i guess i don't know i mean i understand there's a a level of letting the guys play but when there's an obvious like jersey tug or something like that that slows down the receiver enough to make him not catch the ball i don't know that that's when it gets on my nerves um and it just frustrates me to no end because there's there's plenty of times where if that had happened uh, or not happened where they weren't holding Seth Williams would have caught the pass or uh, I don't know. It's just those little things that always kind of nag at me. Well, Um, the great, the great Gary Danielson said that that pass was just, the timing was just a little off. Bo needs to be a little better. And I I don't know why the timing would have been off. I don't don't know. I I didn't see. Yeah. I I didn't see any Jersey getting held. No, I don't. Yeah. That's, (laughs) I don't know. Gary was Gary was spot on. He usually is. He usually is on top of it. And, so uh, he much. He's on top of that one. He is perfect. He is the best commentator I've ever heard. Yep. Sarcasm. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, one of the guys that I, I thought in the receiving court that did a you know pretty good job, and I thought we would do a little bit more with him uh, and get a little bit more production out of him was Eli Stove. Um, he had seven receptions for 29 yards, which isn't great, but I had a feeling a guy like him, I mean, I was just thinking back to years previous when we had guys like Ryan Davis and I kind of equate stove to Ryan Davis type where you give him the ball in a little open space and he just makes things happen. Um, but he just wasn't able to break loose anything. I think as long as was 10 yards. Um, so it's just, you know, mediocre, if, if not poor performance by our receivers, and I know some of that was due to just the miscommunication of wide receivers and Bo Nix, but sometimes you just gotta you gotta get on that same page mid game, and and say Bo, hey, this is what I'm doing, and then just trust your receiver that they're that they're gonna be where they need to be. I, look, when you watch the top elite teams now, they're all able to take the top off the defense. Every mm-hmm. one of them. Ohio yep. State. You watch uh, Justin Fields. He's always his highlights are always throwing forty yard passes just in the bucket. You watch Mac Jones yesterday. He was lobbing them up right in there. You know. You watch Trevor Lawrence. All those teams. That's how they do it. That is how they become elite. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like we kind of started, I feel like 2017, Gus really from 2013 to 2017 was able to do that. We haven't been able to do that since. And you're not going to drive down the field and score 10-yard drives against at Alabama and at Georgia. Yeah, no, you're definitely not. I mean, they'll they'll give up a five-yard pass all day, every day. And that's what they did. I mean, and they were okay with doing that. And you... How do I we know get? There are... How do we get to that? Like, take away the Seth play because mm-hmm. that one—that was one of them. That should have been it. But how do we? What are we missing? Why are we not able? We have the fastest player in football on our yeah. team, and we've probably completed that pass three times in his career, and two of them were the last two weeks. Mm. Yeah. What's keeping us from doing that? I mean, there's, there's. I mean, I'm looking back at his stats. He had an average of 12 yards a carry or per completion today or yesterday. And that, that was something that, I mean, you're kind of showing, all right, cool. He's got a little, uh, you know, long passability, but his longs was only 16 yards. Yeah. Shorts is fine. He's, he's turning himself into probably a legit NFL. I mean, he's making great, like, I just don't know how, how we're not scheming and maybe they just don't fear the run anymore. I don't know what it is, but, safeties maybe are just staying home we can't take the top off a of defense anymore and I think that's how you that's how you get back to being elite yeah well I was just thinking about Darius Slayton and how yep. how good he was down the field now we remember a lot of his missed passes or missed completions but like a lot of them he caught those long balls that were going 50 Sammy yards Coates, down the field Darvin Sammy Adams Coates. yep it was it was ever since like and Darwin was probably 2010, so you could throw that in. But I feel like it was. I feel like we were at some point when Slayton left. We have not gotten that back, and yeah. we haven't even tried much. So we're not trying for some reason, and I don't know what that reason is. Yeah, I remember a few. It might have even been last year or earlier this season. I remember Gus saying we tried to go long, but we those routes were already pretty much taken away because they were in tight coverage, and. and I don't know if that's the conservative uh, mentality of putting that in bow and saying, if it's not a hundred percent open, don't throw it. But sometimes you got to risk it. You got to risk, risk it, those man. long, long passes and trust your receiver, especially so, a guy like Seth Williams. I'd give him the 50, 50 ball all day, every day. Mac Jones, three of it, two of his touchdown passes yesterday, they were well covered. Like mm-hmm. he just put it in the perfect spot yep. and their receiver made, had to make a little bit of a catch. Some of them were on the fingertips and they made the catch. So they were not, Sometimes you just got you gotta throw it, and you gotta have your five star at that level, five star QB at that level of being able to make those throws. Yeah, to and, be elite, and, you don't have to do yeah. it, but if you want to be elite, that's what you got to do. No, and that's that's kind of like the the level of how do you jump from that great to elite level, and it's that timing, and and I think that's maybe that's another thing Bo needs to work on is that timing because there are multiple times uh, I was thinking of one where. Uh, Schwartz was if you had thrown it to him when Bo was originally supposed to throw it but Bo pump fakes and the timing's off almost turns into an interception and you're thinking if you throw it when you're supposed to that could have been maybe a touchdown if not it's a 20 yard catch down the middle of the field and that's huge I'm looking at the slant over the middle uh Schwartz made a great catch on that still got he still got 10 yards and he had to basically stretch out as far as he could behind him I'm, this is not to knock Bo at all. There's there's multiple pieces going on to where we're not able to do almost something we invented. I mean, Gus came into the league and was run, 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 
and then hit you deep. Mm-hmm. And that's that was his offense. And we are very rarely even trying to go deep now. And that is what that's my main question. And and you can't answer that. I mean, we don't know. We're not in the we're not in the film room. But I don't know why we aren't even trying as much. Any and we've started since the we did it at LSU, we did it at Tennessee, and we had Seth in this game. So maybe we are trying a little more. Um, but uh, that that's how you get to that. All right, everybody wants to everybody wants to be at that Alabama level. That's how you do it, man. Yeah, that is how you do it, and. Uh, that's a challenge for the team. That's a challenge for the coaches. You, executing on those long plays or the explosive plays needs to happen more often. I mean, I think there was only three plays that we had over 20 yards or something crazy like that. And to be a team that's competing with an Alabama who had I think seven or eight of those 20-plus plays, and most of those were touchdowns. Yeah. How, you, how can't, many the- you can't allow the little mistakes. Nope. And even if Almer was at home – I still think we would have lost. Like the way we played um, on yeah. Saturday. How many of those? Um, I'm trying to think. How many of their touchdowns were like in the red zone? I feel like the majority of them were outside of the red zone, big plays. Uh, I think it was only one. Yeah. So they didn't have to drive, and that you eliminate that need to have to. It's kind of like in baseball when a pitcher's up there and that batter keeps fouling them off, and that mm-hmm. pitcher's got to go to his seventh and eighth pitch. I mean, it's advantage hitter at that point. He's seen sure. all your pitches. What do you do? Well, you make a team drive 10 or 12 plays, it's hard to score. So you yep. eliminate that. Yeah. <laughs> you have the big hitters, you know? Yeah. And and I think this kind of – I was just thinking about this. This kind of goes back to Auburn's conservative play calling yep. where we're like we're going to dink and dunk over yep. the you know short plays, which – I, I kind of understand they want to keep Alabama's offense off the field, so you don't want to do the quick hitters that may or may not turn into anything. And uh, Auburn loses time of possession because Auburn first half owned the time of possession, yep. 19 minutes to 11. They did. And yet Bama was up by three scores at that point. So what do you do? Like uh, you're trying – you're. I think their strategy, like, at least at that point, was – all right, let's see what we can do. Shorter, maintain possessions, but Bama's three plays later scoring a touchdown, and then your strategy's gone. So what do we got to do? We got to do the same thing that Bama's doing: make those big plays. Uh, and and that's where I think we kind of went away from, or we didn't do it as much as I was hoping. Yeah, I'm I'm off my soapbox now. I'm just. Uh... <laughs> just trying to think about how we get to i mean you can talk about coaching all you want you can say this and that you can we we have if we want to get to back to where we have been three times in the last 10 years competing for the west um we have to find a way to take the top off the defense that's the new style of the game mm-hmm. yeah for and that's sure. what the, that's what the top recruits want to go play for too so it it, it helps you both ways it does definitely Hey Auburn family, we're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are, and we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While TeePublic is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. 
Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. Uh, Jared, let's talk about our defense a little bit. Uh, We're talking about taking the top off the defense. Well, Bama sure did that against us. Uh, plenty of times, and if it wasn't taking the top of us, it was uh, safety taking bad angles and just getting beat. And that's honestly inexcusable. A lot of that was eye discipline, where you're supposed to be looking in a certain spot and you look at the other spot. You're, you're looking at where the offense wants you to look. And so offense essentially gets a free play there. They, they can do whatever they want. And uh, Owen Papo said it after the game that their eye discipline was just really bad. And I mean, anybody watching that game could have told you that uh, it, it pretty much opened up Alabama's offense to do anything and everything they wanted and make our defense look like Swiss cheese, <laughs> which I, I personally don't think we are. If we are disciplined, if we are disciplined, we are a much better D de- defense, but Man, that was that was a rough one. <laughs> I I will say the one positive because there's so many negatives. Um, in the first half, at least, I felt like we handled their run pretty well. I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we handled it way better than we did Tennessee. Um, I felt like they were not getting big chunk plays in the run game. Um, and to me, I almost feel like that was our game plan. And I wish we would have gone with the hey, let them get some run, almost plays, keep everything in front of you on the pass, um, and let them have some run. I feel like that's what we did against LSU last year. This year, I feel like we said, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna play our normal D. We're gonna get up on you and trust our secondary, and we're gonna stop the run." And we did in the first half. And aside from Najee having a huge run, we probably did okay the whole game, enough to win on that uh, aspect. But um, we got burned in the pass game because we didn't keep it in front of us. Yeah, and when you don't keep it in front of you, I mean, that's where the the blown coverages on Devonte Smith happen, and you're just. I don't know. It really frustrates you to just watch the the miscommunication going on because Auburn's had some issues with that. Um, and, and the odd thing is it usually hasn't been on the top receiver. It's been on their second or third yeah. receiver that they, that they're going after. Yeah. Um, and when their top receiver is Devonte Smith, that has just ability to go first round, probably you're just thinking, I, I don't think our defense can can match up against them um when they're just making mental mistakes like this but if you make those you make less mental mistakes and you guard who you're supposed to i don't think three of those touchdowns would have happened in in all reality no well and they may have still scored on those drives but those individual touchdowns do not happen you're correct there were three that we essentially gave them and i'm not listen if there's any bama fans i'm not saying we gave y'all something but the 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 misread was so bad by the safety mm-hmm. that um that either goes from an incomplete pass on one of them to a, a seven yard pass on another to Najee's run the safety totally miss I mean he's on the other side of the 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 run fit 
and Najee runs it, basically walks in from 40 yards out. Um, those don't happen. I mean, if we don't miss a read, now you may still drive. They may still have scored on those drives. Who knows? Yeah. But those big plays don't happen, and that's like that batter. You're chipping away. You're chipping away. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, three, 21 points were absolutely attributed to us, obviously to an untrained eye. Somebody like me could obviously see they misread that. Yeah, and there was a couple other times where uh, I think it was even one was McCreary where he's bumping running Devontae Smith, and uh, they, he just got beat, and the safety was not ready. The The safety took a bad angle, um, and when that happens, I mean, you're, you're, you pretty much just give them a touchdown if they can hit, hit the guy in stride. And, and Mac Jones was hitting everybody he, he was throwing to. <laughs> he, he doesn't miss. I mean, I, I think if you – put him in an athletic competition, if you put him through a QB drill, I mean, I think Bo Nix probably beats him, but Mac Jones just has ridiculous receivers around him, and he can throw the one pass that matters. Um, he can throw that lob pass very nice. Yeah. And um, and he has the time to, to go through his reads. And, I mean, I think Bo Nix in that offense, I hate to say it, Bo Nix in that offense probably excels. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but um, he, had, he had a good day. <laughs> yeah, Mac. touchdowns. Five touchdowns, no interceptions, and he didn't have to throw. I mean, he threw the ball 26 times, but it, it, he probably could have passed a lot more, if I'm being honest, because they, they put in their second stringer um, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. He, and, I mean, they could have ran up the score probably. And that's maybe what's frustrating is I, I know this game, 42-13, to 13, Auburn fans are going to feel really bad about it because we didn't score until like five minutes left in the game. Uh and I mean, that that's the part that's I think gonna hurt a little bit, but we got to come back, and and that's the hard part. I know this team hurts because anytime you play Bama, you want to beat them, being your rival. And when you get beat that badly, and you got to come back from that, not just to like a bowl game, but you have two more games in your regular season. This team really has to come back and get this mind out of uh, this game out of their mind and move forward. If you don't do that, we might lose one of those games or maybe two if we just are in a bad headspace. So get this game out of your head, move on, and uh, linebackers, safeties, DBs need to work on their coverage and communication. Um, I think that's kind of my takeaway from this. If you don't make those changes on defense and get your eye discipline correct, it's going to be a long rest of the season because our defense is going to give up lots of points. This is the golfer's mentality here. If you ever played golf, you essentially you don't you don't let your last shot bleed over to your next shot, and that is way hard to do. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of mental fortitude to do that. But that's what we got to do. You cannot let Bama beat you twice. Um, and if you go out and play well against A and M and they just beat you, then I would say Bama didn't beat you twice. But if you go out there and play bad. Um, then I would say it's very easy to be like, okay, we're having that hangover. Um, so you can lose day and M and Bama didn't beat you twice. You can go, you know, you can, you know, um, but you, you can't let that happen. You got to go get, you got to improve. You got to play well next game. If you lose, you lose. Um, but yeah, it's a weird season because typically after Bama, we're done. Yeah. Uh, we have two more games, one of them on the road and one of them against the top. I don't know. I hadn't seen the new rankings, but one against at least the top 10 team. Yeah, no, it'll probably be. You know, at least the top ten is probably the same right around the five rank. Um, so you got to get your your head right for that one. 
Um, let's finish out this review talking about special teams. Um, Anders was two of three for field goals, um, hit a 47 yarder and a 45 yarder. Uh, we went for it, uh, on a 56 yarder and, uh, ended up missing wide left, but I mean, that was his I, career long. I'm going to call him two for two. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a Hail Mary kick. I don't even really know why we did it. I'm going to say he was two for two. Yeah. In all reality, that's another one of those. We should have gone for it. Like, yep. why did yep. you go for it? That goes back to, I, and listen, let me ask you this real quick before we get off this podcast. I know we're in special teams. I mean, maybe you don't. I don't know coaching etiquette, but, you know, we scored that touchdown and there was 450 left in the game. I would have kicked an onside. At least practice the onside. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you're get. I don't know. I guess maybe we didn't want to get more players hurt. Maybe not. But I, I it just kind of was the icing on the uh, conservative play calling cake, in my opinion. Maybe. I mean, you maybe do even like a squib kick or something a little odd uh, that maybe the defense isn't ready for that. I mean, and Bama, Bama was ready for the onside. They were thinking that, onside too. I, yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, maybe you don't want to get players hurt, but Bo was still out there till the very end, and heck, he ran the ball in on the touchdown, so we weren't trying to mm-hmm. keep him from getting hit. Yeah. Uh, it didn't matter, but it was just, to me, it was kind of the, the, the whole game from, from start to finish was conservative. Okay, back to yeah. special teams. <laughs> um, let's also talk about some punting. So we actually had both of our punters, Oscar Chapman and Aiden Marshall, punt. Uh, I don't even think I really noticed that during the game. Did you? I have no idea who's out there. They both roll out right um, and then punt. And yeah. I feel like our coverage could not get down there quick enough on any of them. But um, they only had one good return, but I feel like that there was a potential on several. Yeah. And some of those, I mean, they both average around 39 yards per punt, which is good, but not great. And, and you're not flipping the field by any means no. uh, when you punt that. And I think that it, at least early on in the game, we were not able to flip the field at all. Um, and that's why I think Auburn just could not do anything. We started at our 10. We started at like the eight yard line. We started, it was everything was, we got to drive down the field 90 yards. It felt like. It, what's the old saying? If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. I think that's probably the case with our punters. If you have two, then you don't have any. Um, yeah. You know, you, you, if you have one, you don't you don't bring the other one out. So, I think we're just giving them shots. And I mean, they didn't they didn't listen. They didn't cost us the game. Um, you know, they'd have been closer maybe, but they didn't cost the game. But yeah, you'd like to see more better than a thirty nine yard average. Yeah, in I my agree. opinion. Yeah, I mean that's I, I expect forty five. If I'm being honest, at a power uh, yeah at an Auburn type school yeah you would think but. To Auburn's credit, because I've been really bad on them in this podcast, I mean they lost that punter from last year unexpectedly. So yes. you know you could say, well, they don't have, they should have planned for that. Well, I mean it, that was, and it was a COVID year. You could you you couldn't go try to get transfers because you couldn't go see play. It was a weird year, so I'm not going to really bash them on that. Yeah, and that's a tough one. I mean, you have a guy that you're thinking still has a year of eligibility. He's good, but not great. Um, he wants to go try the NFL, see if he can make it. And then you got to go scrounge around. And that's how they, they essentially got yeah, both man. Aiden Marshall and said, Hey, I know you're still at school. Come back. And then, all right, cool. Oscar Chapman. You've never been to Auburn, but we want you to come play for us. <laughs> like those are kind of, I get it. Like you're, you're not out it, there doing the no. regular recruiting for a punter. <laughs> I, I give the linebackers the same pass. Cause I mean, KJ Brick got hurt. That was in season, but then was it, 
uh, was it Wooten? Not Chandler Wooten. Somebody opted out. I mean, that, you know, our linebacker course thin. And, like, you can't – we didn't plan for that. You don't expect that to happen. So, um, it's just a weird year, man. Let's go back to D Ford's statement about after December 31st, <laughs> we, we never look back. That's that's my mentality on this. It's kind of like I, I, I don't know how much I'll remember from this game, if I'm being honest, <laughs> because I bought already forgotten most of it out. Yeah. yeah. I've already moved on. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then last thing I want to talk about the kickoff returns. Mm. This was Did I we mean, have you, any actual returns? Uh, not ahead, really. Sorry, <laughs> not really. Um, the ones that we tried to attempt to run back were not good, uh, and that that's to the point of just fair catch it, mm. get us out to the twenty-five. Um, and I was about to pull myself or I was about to pull Sean Shivers off the field and say, you're not returning kicks. We're going to put whoever the most sure-handed kick returner out there and say, fair catch it. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. Well, and, and then you look at, you know, not only did we're not getting good returns, but the very first play of the game, we didn't get a good return and we held. So yep. lucky us, we're starting at the 10-yard line. <laughs> yeah. It, when you start at the 10-yard line, it's not a good sign. It's not. It's good. not a good sign. And our um, D was that the one though where our D when we punted. I think our D held them. That was a. I thought that was a good ooh. sign. I said, well, wait a minute here. You know, we we had to punt from our end zone and then we hold them. But anyways, either yeah. way, I feel like it, it was not only we, we were fighting that uphill battle the whole way, but yeah, we were. I mean, we ha- we haven't even really bashed too much on the refs, but there there were definitely points where ooh. I was thinking. Not many holds, some weird pass interference calls that were or were not called, and they went in favor of Bama. And it's just like, was was Saban back there, like, getting his phone out? And I don't even know if he has knows how to use Venmo. He probably doesn't. But Venmoing the SEC office and <laughs> sending them money. <laughs> it is. You are playing 12-man when you go into Tuscaloosa, so it's already tough. And, um, you know, they did call a – holding in the fourth quarter when it mattered none so that that's their typical it's yeah. like getting your quote in you know uh, they had to get the all right well they can go show the report card and say well we called three penalties on bama yeah no that's well, yeah, exactly in the fourth what quarter when they didn't matter i mean <laughs> you know it's um i don't know man yeah i mean i think overall we're gonna be very frustrated with this game but how many of us auburn fans legitimately thought we would win this one and and you got to kind of keep that in mind um, we're going into Tuscaloosa against the number one team in the nation. Auburn's offense has t- at times has been not great. Our defense has not been uh, the defense of old where we had Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson that were just shut down, uh, shut down any kind of run, get past um, pressure. And you're just like, this is uh, not the same team of old. And this was – we gotta we gotta move forward from this for sure, and that that's the part that I our players kept saying and will keep saying um, is we gotta keep moving forward from this because once we get past this game, we still got two more games plus a bowl game, and that's a different mentality after an Iron Bowl because normally you you play the Iron Bowl, you get you know a few weeks, and then you either go to SEC championship or you go to a bowl game. And now we gotta uh, play a couple more. So it's it's just like any other game. You gotta put this one past you, learn from it, move on. 
next year, next year's our, it, I don't want to say our year. I'm not saying our year to win it all, but next year sets up because you, you got Alabama, Georgia at home. Alabama's losing most of their offense. No, we know they reload. Um, they're losing most of their offense. And you got a third year Bo Nix. Um, mm-hmm. Now, we're not doing great in recruiting right now. That scares me a little bit because you need, you're going, we need additional pieces. But um, you're talking about moving on and stuff. And I, when you look at next year, we got them at home. They're losing the two receivers that Waddle's hurt, unfortunately, for him. And then Devontae's gone. Uh, Najee's gone. Mac Jones would be, I would think he'd be dumb to come back. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, uh, get him in, we get him in Jordan here next year. And it's, it was tough this year, but uh, crazy things happen when we get him at home. Yeah, and I think Auburn's set up a little bit better for next year. But I mean, we still got two more games. Like, I I don't want to get too far ahead of us. Yeah, Um, I'm at just the Iron Bowl. I'm sorry, forgive me. Yeah, no, no, I'm absolutely in the end of the next two games for this year. But for Iron Bowl wise, I think it's set up pretty good for next year, or at least uh, much more in our favor. Yeah, I mean it'll, and and you can see anytime Auburn plays in Jordan Harris, it's a different story. Um, and maybe that's another frustrating part why can't we figure this out why can't we figure out playing away um but once we i mean if we can figure that part out i i think we get from that we're we're a good team to maybe a great team and maybe an exceptional team if if we can do that on a consistent basis yeah but that's we got a long way to go you gotta do it yep you're right but hey it's still good to be a auburn tiger and uh you know, um, it's just a crazy year, man. So I'm not even letting this one really get me down too much, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Same. Like, uh, I was uh, watching the game with my in-laws, and my in-laws were both saying, I, normally after a, a loss like this, you almost expect to be really sad. I mean, I think I was frustrated, but I wasn't sad like I would be because more or less knew Bama is this good. They, yeah, they, I didn't expect they, to win. If I expected to win and lost like that, I'd be like, oh, that hurts. I, I knew, I felt like we were probably going to lose, maybe not in the same fashion, but yeah. Yeah. I was prepared for it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad we, we got this one past us now just to get forward and move forward with uh, the rest of our season. Um, so we're moving forward now. And uh, Jared, before we get out of here, uh, how can the, the people stay in touch with you? Yep, you can just find me on Facebook and Instagram under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter, A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?